Hi guys, good evening. This is Dillis. Hello everybody, this is Jacob Minang. And welcome to another episode of our Let's Talk podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into chapter three of my book, Finding the Good Fight. And today's chapter title is Submission with Respect. But before we get into it, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Jacob. Uh, let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send, Send forth your, your spirit, spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O Lord, who by the light of the Holy Spirit, did instruct the hearts of the faithful, and that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jacob. I'm going to do the reading. And after the reading, Jacob and I would spend some time talking about what we think you should focus on for those of you that are following along and doing the 52 weeks couples devotional. Chapter three, submission with respect. Scripture passage, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Ephesians 5 verse 21 to 24. The concept of submission within the context of marriage can be complex and often misunderstood. After understanding the concept of love and authority, this week we will explore the meaning of submission and its significance for Christian wives. Understanding submission requires a biblical perspective and a deeper examination of its practical application. To begin, let us define submission according to the Oxford English Dictionary. Accepting and yielding to a superior force or the authority and will of another person. From this definition, questions arise. How do we surrender authority to our husbands? How do we let go of our own will and embrace his? These questions are particularly challenging in today's society. But as Christian wives, we are called to submit. However, it is crucial to grasp the true meaning of submission within the biblical context. To comprehend submission as a wife, we must first turn to the Bible for guidance. The word submission can be dissected into two parts, sub meaning working under and mission denoting a specific task with which a person is charged. In the creation story, God gave man a mission and purpose in life, recognizing that man needed help in understanding and fulfilling his mission. God created 
woman as a help. Thus, the role of woman is to assist her husband in accomplishing his mission. From the moment of creation, God predestined women to exist and function under their husband's mission. You might be asking, what happens if your husband doesn't guide your relationship in the right direction? What if he lacks clarity in his purpose or is easily swayed by external influences? While we may not have all the answers to these what-if scenarios, it is essential to understand that as a wife, we are called to submit to our husbands. By humbly submitting rather than fighting against them, we can pray for them and navigate the difficulties of marriage. We can trust that the Lord will work all things for the good of our family. Romans 8:28. When we submit and pray for our husbands, it is through submission that reverence for the Lord is demonstrated. Marriage is often likened to the union between Christ and the church. Where the church submits to Christ as the head and savior and Christ loves the church. To illustrate this, imagine your body, the head, housing the brain, connected to other parts through nerves. When the brain wants the hand to pick up food and bring it to the mouth, it sends a signal and the hand immediately submits to the brain's commands. Likewise, when we submit to our husbands, we ensure a healthy marriage. Failure to submit hampers the marriage, much like a hand neglecting the brain signal causes the entire body to suffer. Now, how do we practically submit to our husbands? Let us first clarify what submission is not. Submission is not about being passive or silent in our households. We are called to be helpmates, not doormats. Participation, communication, and offering advice are vital aspects of fulfilling this role effectively. To do so, we must emulate Mary, the mother of Jesus, by listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and obeying his guidance. Training ourselves to discern the Holy Spirit's leading enables us to become submissive while meeting our husband's needs. In our journey towards understanding submission, we can draw inspiration from biblical role models. Mary's submission to God's will is evident when the angel Gabriel visited her. Despite the uncertainties she faced, she willingly accepted God's plan for her life. Similarly, Esther, the wife of King Ezra's, demonstrated submission while advocating for her people. Esther's success laid not in her words alone, but in her approach. Through prayer and seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance, she discerned the right path and approached her husband with reverence and wisdom. As we navigate the path of submission, it is crucial 
to take an active interest in our husband's vision. Believing in their vision and offering support plays a vital role in fulfilling our calling as helpmates. To understand their aspirations, we must genuinely listen and seek understanding. Lack of understanding can lead to perishing, as the Bible reminds us in Hosea 4 verse 6. Therefore, we must strive to grasp their perspective just as Mary pondered the angel's greeting and sought clarification. Inevitably, there will be times of disagreement or differing views on the vision or its implementation. In such instances, it is our responsibility as helpmate to guide our husbands towards a better way forward. How can we accomplish this in a submissive manner? Esther's approach provides guidance. Before confronting the king, Esther prayed and fasted, seeking God's wisdom and favor. We too should begin with prayer, asking God to show us the right path to help us communicate it effective to our husband. Approaching our husbands requires reverence and wisdom, acknowledging their role as the representative of Christ in our home, choosing the right timing and requesting their attention respectfully is essential. Like Esther, who had to invite the king twice before making her request, we may need to exercise patience and discernment. Timing is crucial, and sometimes a no from our husbands may be an opportunity for the Lord to work in their hearts. When granted the opportunity to speak, choosing our words wisely is paramount. Esther exemplifies grace and humility in her approach, saying, If it pleases my majesty, even in the face of injustice, she remains polite and measured in her words. This grace-filled approach opens doors for positive communication and fruitful discussions. So, my dear sisters, let us be intentional in our choice of words, making our request with supplication and humility, knowing that they are more likely granted when approached in a submissive manner. Submission within the context of marriage is not about passivity or surrendering our identity, but rather a call to be active participants in our husband's mission. It is a journey of humility, reverence, and trust in God's guidance. By understanding the biblical perspective of submission and drawing inspirations from role models like Mary and Esther, we can navigate the complexities of submission with grace and wisdom. May we embrace our roles as helpmates and approach our husbands with love, respect, and a heart set on fulfilling God's purpose for our marriage. Prayer for wives. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you today seeking guidance and strength 
in my role as a wife. Lord, the call to submit to my husband as the church submits to Christ is a profound responsibility. I pray for a heart that is humble, understanding, and willing to support my husband's mission and vision for our family. Grant me the wisdom to discern when to speak and when to listen, when to act and when to fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may approach every situation with grace, love, and patience. Help me to remember that in submitting to my husband, I am also submitting to your will and demonstrating my reverence for Christ. Lord, in moments of doubt or disagreement, guide me to approach my husband with respect and kindness, always seeking unity and understanding. May our marriage be a reflection of your love and grace, and may we grow together in faith, love, and purpose. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Reflection question. After reading this chapter on submission in marriage, take a moment to reflect together on your understanding and practice of mutual submission. Consider the following question. How can you foster a culture of mutual submission in your marriage where both partners willingly yield to one another out of reverence for Christ and how can this strengthen your relationship? Action step for the week. This week, set aside intentional time to have an open and honest conversation about mutual submission in your marriage. Discuss your understanding of submission. Share any concern or challenges you may have and explore how you can actively Practice mutual submission in your daily life. Brainstorm practical ways to submit and uplift each other, seeking to create an atmosphere of love, respect, and partnership in your relationship. Thank you, Delis, for that extensive read. That was a very rich reading and just following from the first two chapters of your book, submission with love and then the authority of the man and actually even going right back because this ties those three chapters right submission as the two words of sub admission so you need to understand what is the mission that you're you're, you're being asked work on that and i think you have to go right to the very first chapter the introductory, introductory chapter yes and understand the mission of your husband being a man understanding that mission and your wife also understanding and both of you agreeing that this is the mission the mission is to bring our family closer to god with every passing day with every passing minute as husband and wife bring ourselves closer to god right? And working under that mission, then that's where you can start talking about our week one lesson, which is how you can also submit to your wife. And week one tells us that a husband submits to the wife through love and doing those acts of love, right? And so week two, 
Father helps us to understand what those acts of loves are. When he tells us about authority, authority of the husband being yeah. as a service, right? Servant leadership or participatory yes. leadership. Yes. So connecting it to week two, where authority is is shown in service, right? I think you're the one that made the comment that if a woman is working under a man that understands his mission as being the head of the household, leading the family closer to God through his acts of love by showing authority through service, there is absolutely no way she would disrespect that man. Yeah. So so to recap that then, for both men and women, it's very important to understand the intro because yeah. which really talks more about our mission, our mission, both, both husband and wife, and our mission as human beings in the planet is on earth really is to ultimately be connected to God. The, the catechism of the Catholic Church talks it has this basic fundamental first question that they ask you: Why did God make us? Yeah, and that's where it starts from. He made us to know, to love. know Him, love Him, and to be with Him forever in heaven. Yeah. That third part is that is that mission is where the man has to make sure that he's taking his family towards that ultimate unity with God. Yes, if you understand that as the man drawing from there, then it's, it's easier for you to understand then what your how you're going to submit to your wife because you're both called to submit to each other. Ephesians, St. Paul's letter to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 says you should both submit to each other. But your submission as a man is true love. Yes. And so you you're not finding hard to love your wife if you know what your mission is and then you're talking you, you are coming up with a vision of the family and the purpose, which are those milestones, the work, the steps you're gonna take towards accomplishing that mission. And then if you're submitting to your wife true love, it's easier for you to understand that the authority that you have that is given to you by God is for you to 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 manifest that authority in a participative way, a servant leadership, where you lead by doing. Yes. And and and, and if if it follows from there, where the mission is understood, your husband is able to submit uh, true, true love, love and is exerting his authority in a participatory way, then becomes a no-brainer for the wife to be able to then show her own submission through respect, respect, which is respect of authority. The man not being the authority, but representation of the authority given by God. Wow, that, that's a great synopsis, Jacob. Now, I think that it's important to talk about submission with respect, right? Yes. Because if a man is doing all this, and even when a man is not doing all this, ladies, I think let's just put this out there right at the very beginning. There are no perfect men and there are no perfect women. Exactly. And, and, and the reason why, uh, just before you jump in there, the list, the way you're not going to find us perfection is because if you see all the authority figures in the Bible, the biggest ones, big, starting from, from Saul, King, King Saul, well, even starting from Moses, go back to Abraham, our father in faith. So from Abraham, I'm just going to hit the most important one from Abraham through Moses, through the first king of, of the Jews, which is Saul, to, to David, David, down to Solomon. We, we know about all their high notes, but we also know about all their frailties. Yes. But in spite of that, the God still ordained them and gave them that authority. So yeah. if you're looking at your husband through that lens, just like a husband is going to be looking at a wife through that lens, then you have to, you have to recognize that so long as there are human beings walking the earth, they're going to have those weaknesses, but it doesn't take away the authority from them. Yes. Now, Jacob, there's a passage in the Bible that I like to quote to people. It says that our righteousness are like filthy rags before the Lord. Exactly. So it's not just my righteousness, it's yours too. Exactly. So both of us, both of us are um, imperfect 
people Imperfect that vessels. have come that have come together. So ladies, I'm just putting this out there. Even if your husband is not doing all this, just understanding, like Jacob said, that he still has that authority of family. Understanding that Christ brings this concept of showing grace, of always showing mercy to people that don't deserve it, right? And that's what you're called to do, right? Even when you're working with a husband that's difficult, because it's true those acts of grace and mercy. It's true this time that you show this submission with respect that God works through those, your actions to change the heart of your husband. So we want to put that right up front that you are not only called to submit to a husband that loves and shows you authority to service, or a husband that has it all together. As long as you're married to that man, he has that authority that God has given him. Like the passage at the very beginning says that the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So as long as you're married to a man, he has that authority. And so you're called to submit to that authority through acts of respect. And a couple of things that if you guys are going to tackle this chapter this week, a couple of things that we want to make sure that you you focus on and talk about. Talk about the concept, right? The concept of your shared mission, right? Talk about it. How can you help each other in this mission? You are, so the man has the mission, but you were predestined, you were created to work under that mission. You were created to help the man with that mission. How are you helping your man in this mission? And it's a serious subject that you cannot come at it with sarcasm if you've had maybe a negative perception of, of the role of your husband to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an opportunity for research for a very serious intentional conversation with your with your husband about the mission, which you guys don't have need to discover a mission. The mission is already very clear. Yeah. It's about now coming up with a vision as a family and, and yeah. a purpose. And then knowing that you, you two Either of you are going to stumble along the way, but the mission will be that North Star. That no matter yeah, how often you guys stumble, yeah, yeah, no matter how often you stumble in the vision, in the steps that lead you to that, you will be able to still pick up yourself up because you're not losing sight of what the vision is, what the ultimate goal is. The next concept that I think a couple should expand on as they sit to talk is about the concept of submission, right? The fact that it is it is a two two syllables word that has two that is brought together. So as a wife, you're asked to submit. As a husband, you're asked to submit, but you're asked to submit in different ways. Husband through acts of love and wife through acts of respect, right? And then you start talking about how does a wife show respect? And I think this is a very good way for both of you guys to talk on how does your wife show respect? Or how are you receiving this respect as a husband? And then also, I really want to encourage you guys this week to go back and read the story of Esther. If we understand the story of Esther, we would see it as that example that is given in the Bible for us to emulate. Because the story of Esther, Esther comes from nowhere and becomes queen because of the disrespect of her predecessor. So the queen at that time 
was very disrespectful to her husband, the king. And no, if you read the chapter, you would see that she didn't just even do a disrespect between them two. She did a disrespectful act that was public. So the, the husband called for her to come out in her um, regalia, in her queenly regalia, and dazzle his his uh his guest and she felt like that was her. She said no to the husband. I mean for things that minute, right? For something that minute you would have thought, what does it take for her to just do that in order to give her husband this honor and respect before the guest? But she showed disrespect and because of that her queenship was taken away from her and given to Esther and so you see the Bible juxtaposes the two he now comes to Esther and shows Esther Esther is not even being asked at this moment to come and dazzle the king's guest no I think if that's what Esther was asked to do she would probably have done it really beautifully but Esther is finding herself in a moment where injustice is being done to her and her people. And you would think so, that... So, so and, and just to, 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 to step back a little bit, so please note that Esther is not from the same tribe like the king. So Esther is more like a foreigner in a sense. Yes. And her people were literally more like in servitude yes. on, under, the, under the king. Yeah. And so, so, she, need, so, she, so she, needs, she needs to advocate or she wants to advocate for her people. But she she's able to do that, showing a lot of humility, but more importantly, respect and reverence for the throne that the king represented. Yeah. So just thank you, Jacob. So she finds this, all this, this injustice that is about to be carried out against her people. She finds herself in the midst of that. And she realizes that I need to advocate. And just like us, the wives, every now and then you find yourself in a situation where you think there's something going wrong. Your husband, right, is doing it wrongly. And you have to advocate for yourself, for your marriage, for your children. And here is Esther starting that advocation process. And she starts with what? With seeking the Holy Spirit to come and guide her through this moment, right? This moment where she has to advocate for her people. And here we go. And Esther first starts by fasting and prayers. She does a three-day fast and prayer. And this, I want to just put it here, but we're going to hear at the end of this book, how this is actually two of the armors of God that she goes and... So two of the components so of the armor. If it comes yeah. to the armor as as a, 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 a constellation of the different tools that you need to go out yeah. in battle. And so in there, you're going to have a, 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 a number of components. And the two, two of the really helmet. crucial one is, is the fasting yeah. and, and, and prayer. prayer. Yeah. So you have a helmet, you have a breastplate, you have a shield, you have a sword, you have a shoe, a shoe guard, right? You yeah, have a belt. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So you have those five part of the armor of God. And this, she invokes two of those components here in her prayer, which is the breastplate of righteousness and um, fast shield of God, right? And so she brings that on and asks her people to help her also to fast and pray. Sometimes as a wife, right, you need to do that. You need to step back, fast, pray. Even as your children, 
to help you with this prayer part, to join you in prayer, instead of spending time to castigate your husband, to tell them what daddy is doing wrong, right? Tell them daddy is struggling with this aspect of his life. Let us pray for daddy. Let us fast and pray. And you see Esther take the time to fast and pray. And when she fasts and prays, right, the Holy Spirit guides her. The Holy Spirit leads her down this path where her words are very measured, but she uses them very wisely, right? She goes up to the king. At this time, she cannot, she's not being allowed to approach her own husband without him calling for her. But because of the favor that God has given her in prayer, she approaches and that favor upon her asks her husband to allow her to come. And so she comes before him. And even then she says to herself, if it pleases my majesty, she seeks first to ask for some time, right? A lot of us wives will take this moment to just walk up. And as we walk up, we're like, oh, guess what, Jacob, you just did this wrong. We need you to change it right now. No, she asks for time to communicate to for a good time when he can come and they talk, right? And in that time, he comes, and the, and when he comes, the Spirit even leads her to understand that the first visit he makes for that communication is not the right time. He's not focused. The Lord has not yet worked on his heart. So he comes, he spends the time with her, but, this, but she doesn't ask what she needs at that time. She allows it. And when you read on further, you would see that he goes and he's supposed to come back the next day again for another conversation. And in between that time when he leaves Esther and has to come back, the Lord works on his heart through a dream. And before he comes back, he's ready now to hear what Esther has to say. And I think that this gives us an example, wives, and it gives a, a moment for you and your spouse to really just talk about this. What does reverence look like to your spouse? It's not everybody that needs you to, to show reverence in terms of words. It's not everybody, it's not every husband out there that needs you to show reverence in terms of your acts, right? Every husband receives reverence differently. So you what's what's your husband's perception, which speaks to some other extra material that, that you have to, 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 to look at separate of talking in on different contexts, which is your husband's language of love, his language yeah. of apology. Uh those those things kind of inform the way they perceive uh, respect as well. Yeah. Yes. So I so that's an assignment also. You can look it up, learn your husband's language of love, learn your husband's language of apology, right? Because those are the ways you can show reverence. And in all, right, be intentional about this act. Be intentional. I think a lot of the times, and Jacob, I think that this is the last one we should talk about, the misconception that this help meets are called to be doormats. And I think that is because of this misconception that the society has just taken this thing about submission and and turned it all on his head. Like, oh, um, you don't need to be submissive to a man because they see it as doormat. You're not called to be a doormat. You're called to participate. You're called to give advice. You're called to communicate. So those are things that you're called to do. So please... Talk about this misconception and clear the air 
so that if your idea of what you thought your husband needs as submission is for you to be a doormat, talk about it. And in this time, let you guys clear out the air so that you can be able to truly bring in what is called for submission. What's the call for your submissive? Yeah, so, so speaking to that, if, if you followed our podcast last week when we we're talking about authority, uh, it's easier for the for the woman to, to understand her role of submission, which should never be passive. If the husband uh, exudes authority, that is that of, of servant authority, of leadership. Because the goal of being of having the authority is to make sure that everybody that is under authority meets their full potential in life. And so if you create an environment that's permissive, that allows for your wife to meet their full potential, but when you, when you express your authority, you will end up, as I said, realizing that you're doing less of the heavy lifting, less of the daily manual task, because your wife might end up being the one that does most of the heavy lifting, but they're doing that very gladly because of the way you exercise your authority and because of the fact that you show what love. Because remember that Ephesians opens up with asking both of you to be submissive to each other, first of all. But then that submission is perceived better by the wife when they feel like they're being loved by the husband. And it's perceived better by the husband when they realize that they have respect for their wife. And in the middle of that now is the husband that has the authority from God. But the way they exercise that authority ends up being for the benefit of the family because they're ensuring that the woman is an active participant in the running of the home while the husband is continuing to lead. And I think that we've come to the end of this discussion for the podcast. Jacob, you're going to do our closing prayer? Yes, absolutely. Let us pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you as a couple seeking your guidance and wisdom in understanding and practicing mutual submission in our marriage. Thank you for the insights we've gained from this chapter, reminding us of the importance of reverence for Christ and the call to submit to one another out of love. Help us to embrace this concept fully, Lord, and empower us to create a culture of mutual respect and partnership in our relationship. May we continually seek to uplift and support each other, always considering the needs and desires of one another. Grant us the strength to navigate any challenges that arise on this journey and fill our hearts with love, humility, and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. And we hope to see you on Thursday. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Let's talk about love.